Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to our show tonight. This is Polygamy, What Love Is This? And I am your host, Doris Hansen, and we do thank you for joining us tonight. Tonight's a very special show. It's a commemorative show, and we have a very special guest for our very special show. But first, we have a couple of announcements. The first announcement is that we don't hear much about revival these days, but Mill Creek Church in Holiday is planning on a revival, and some meetings are planned and going to be held two weeks from now. Now. They're going to be on Friday, October 24th at 7 p.m. and Saturday, October 25th at 4 p.m. Sunday, October 26th at 10.45 a.m. The address for the church is uh, 1515 East, 4500 South in Holiday, Utah. And revival is where Christians get together and collectively petition God to revive and to renew our individual hearts, to empower us to do His works His way and to live a life alive in Christ. In Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 8, it says, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. And that's the message for our revival. We have placed our trust in God, not in our church, and not in, in, in anything else, and we are made spiritually alive in Christ through the Holy Spirit and are exhorted to be careful to live our lives devoted to doing what is good. So will you join us at Mill Creek Church as we seek God's glorious face and as we bask in His holy presence of love and grace and forgiveness? There's go Excuse me, there's going to be some great singing and some great preaching and some wonderful new friendships to make and a closer relationship with our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Also, I just got notice a couple of days ago of a woman out of polygamy with two children who needs a place to live. She's the victim of male deceit and retribution, of course, which includes efforts to turn her children against her and teaching them to lie about her. She's already out of the polygamy group, but she does need a place to live, an apartment or a home that she can afford to rent, and this needs to be in the Salt Lake City area, preferably in uh, centrally located. So if you or anyone that you know might have a, a rental or if you know of someone that does, would you call in, leave your telephone number and I'll call you back tomorrow and we can talk about this. And I want to thank anyone in advance for any help they can give. You know, women who manage to escape from polygamy continue to be victimized by the male control forces of the polygamous power center. And it's too bad that our legal and our political system continues to just shrug their shoulders and look the other way at this barbaric 
caveman-like practice that polygamists embrace but deny. And we wonder again how many more lives will be ruined before something is finally done on behalf of the victims. Well, we have another milestone announcement to make, which you may have already guessed what it is. Tonight's television broadcast is the 300th live television show that we produce. That's 300 shows, and this is way past our imagination. We're all just wondering, you know, how far this would go, and here we are at 300, and it looks like we're going to at least go to 301. You know, it's something that we never would have imagined, and we just want to thank God. He appointed us to this task. He's graciously supplied our needs and wisdom, and all the thanks, and of course, the fruit of our efforts goes to Jesus, our Savior, who is God Almighty, for giving us the provision and the strength and the opportunity to do this. God loves women as much as he loves men. And he wants women everywhere, including and especially polygamous women, to know and to understand that he has never required a woman ever to submit to polygamy. In fact, God wants every woman, woman, woman everywhere to have her own private husband all to herself all the time. God instituted monogamy, he did not institute polygamy. And when I discovered that polygamy was in no way connected with God's command or with any other purported command of God, and that the Bible does not condone or underwrite the practice of polygamy in any way, I came to the conclusion that if women and girls in polygamy could find out for themselves that it wasn't God's idea, perhaps they would seek to escape from their prisons of polygamy. And that's why we have a ministry to help polygamists, and that's why we do this show. You know, we have a DVD entitled Lifting the Veil of Polygamy. And on that DVD are interviews with several people, most of them women, who did discover that polygamy was wrong and abusive and that it deprives people of their individual human rights. One of the ladies that's interviewed on the DVD stole the hearts of virtually everyone who ever watched it. And tonight, our special guest is that woman who has had such a radical change in her own life since turning from a false gospel to biblical truths that we wanted to celebrate her victory as a commemorative for this 300th show. So I'd like to introduce and welcome a very special woman who has stolen the hearts of literally hundreds of people who have heard and watched her story, I'd like to introduce and welcome our very special guest tonight, Kathleen Hansen. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for being here, <laughs> for having the courage to come, and for sharing this special night with us. Oh, I'm happy to do that. That's amazing. You have 300 shows already. Uh -huh. That's yeah. wonderful. And it, it all started with lifting the veil of polygamy when we it when did. We did, and you were a big part of that for sure. And and I just thought I'd say right up front, your name is Hanson, my name is Hanson, but we're not we're, we're not, not related, related by blood, mm -mm. but we are related by the spirit. Yes. And <laughs> and uh, of course, as Christians, we are sisters in Christ, and that's the most important relationship. And I'm proud to say that too. And we thought it would be appropriate to commemorate our 300th show by celebrating your freedom and your victory from polygamy, from the abusive polygamist husband 
that you had and freedom from the patriarchal group of the polygamous men that you had been in for so many years. You had so many tears and fears, and it's all been turned to joy and trust it during has. the <laughs> years since I first met you, which was about seven years ago. About seven years. Uh -huh. a, a big change yeah. has, has taken place in you. So, so tonight we want to talk about how God has restored those years of tears and pain in your life and turned them to tears of joy. They are tears of joy. <laughs> he's been wonderful to me. And it was a long road, but he's, he's led me step by step mm -hmm. and, uh, and strengthened me. And I have a beautiful peace inside that I never thought I would have. And I know that God loves me, mm -hmm. and I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's exactly what happened with me. I didn't know God yeah. loved me. And when he showed me he did, that just made the hugest change in it my does. life changes everything for it does, you. It certainly does. Too many people live polygamy and they carry that fear with them for years and years. I've met so many people who have left polygamy or who are thinking of living and they're full of fear and now your life is filled with this abundant joy and, and fear is demolished and the hurt is gone and, and, and you're crowned with gladness. Would you tell, how did that happen? I mean how did you learn to really trust God through all this? Well through a lot of prayer and a lot of tears, and um, I, um, I began to study the Bible, and I, I had never given the Bible much credibility, uh, because, you know, being Mormon, and especially in the, in the group I was in, the polygamous group, um, you, didn't, you didn't really read the Bible, because if it wasn't translated correctly, and Joseph Smith started that belief, mm -hmm. So it was easy to just ignore it and not really get involved in it. And, um, and yet all the time that I was studying the Book of Mormon, I had so many questions that I put on the shelf that I didn't really want to pay attention to. But uh, when I started and I got out of the polygamy, went back into the Mormon church and then got out of that, because I just couldn't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. I couldn't buy the belief system, whether it was watered down, milk or whether it was the so-called meat. I just couldn't buy the guilt and the shame and the mm -hmm. shoulda, woulda, couldas, you know. And uh, so I began to read the Bible. And uh, I learned a lot there. Yeah. And I, you know, I, when I first came out, back out of the Mormon church for the second time, um, I didn't really want to, to be involved in even a Christian religion, I went to a couple of them and uh, different places, and and I, I wasn't comfortable. I didn't know what it was. Also foreign and to that, me, right? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. and it that was happens to a lot of people out of out of the Mormon Mormonism mm -hmm. because it Mormonism. is. They've been taught all their lives that that the the Christians are wrong and demonic, even. Oh, I know, and and so I went to Calvary Chapel, and and there was a band on stage, and. And that frightened me. And I <laughs> run out of there. I really, I mean, I literally ran out of there yeah. and I thought, I can't do this. Yeah. And I didn't know where to go. Mm -hmm. So I just began to study my scriptures myself and always have been extremely dedicated to prayer. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and that's where I began to start to learn. And you can see that you can tell, I can tell such such difference when we first met. And we've met through the yeah. years too. And I can just see yeah. the difference. And, and God makes a difference in our lives when you let him. He, he turns our lives yeah. into. Well, I was very fearful <coughs> coming out of <coughs> that group. You know, yeah. uh, you don't know if they're going to come after you or mm -hmm. not. Yeah. And when we were going to make the lifting the veil of polygamy, remember I, 
I called and I said, well, just take me out of yeah. it after it was made because if they're going to put this out everywhere, if they find it, they might come you after might come me. And I did you. have that fear. That, that yeah, is. I did have and, that and fear. And they do. They put that fear in you, yeah. too. When you're, uh, so you were first a Mormon, and, and then you got married, and your husband decided later that he he'd found the polygamy group and he wanted to join it. And you went along with him because you had another fear, and that fear was that you were not going to be able to return to God. And, and, right. and so you, you, you wanted to find every yeah. way that makes sure that you return to God. And then you told me just the other day that you found out that we don't return to God anyway. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, that was very shocking to me because I had already, always believed that I had a Heavenly Mother. Uh-huh. And, and when I found that out, that was very, very shocking to me you for a couple of days. You found out there's no heavenly mother. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I really felt totally alone, you know, while I was, because I just thought I didn't have a mother there. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I'm female, and I didn't know if God could understand me, silly thoughts, you yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, You didn't have any representation <laughs> yeah. there without a but heavenly mother. But he was... Mother, uh, but. This husband I went into polygamy was was not my first husband. He was not the so. one that you that yeah. you first married when you. He was not were who I had my children with. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Uh, so how long were you in the group? You and your husband. We were there uh, twelve and a half, thirteen years. Thirteen years. Mm -hmm. So how were females treated in that in that polygamy group? Were they considered as equals? Oh, no, no, we were told we were second-class citizens, and so were the children. You were told and, that to your face, mm -hmm. you're second-class citizens. And you're citizens. treated that way. In fact, their, their prophet said, um, you are your, your husband's counselor, but if he doesn't ask for your counsel, keep your mouth shut. And oh. that was exactly the words oh, he oh used. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. uh, and, you know, I was always, always had a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being with a group of the, the brethren there and, and after church, and they were all discussing United Order. I'm the only female there, and I'm just putting in my two cents worth because I wasn't born and raised in it and taught that you have to keep your mouth shut if yeah. you're female. So I was putting my two cents worth in, and finally uh, one of their so-called apostles turned to my husband and says, isn't there anything you can do to make her shut up? <laughs> He goes like this because he knew uh, that he couldn't make me shut up. <laughs> In fact, they wanted, I think maybe, I shouldn't have feared, maybe they were glad to see me go because I always had too much to say. Got rid uh, of that one that talked too much, huh? Well, yeah. you were abused while you were in the groove. And, and as far as you feel comfortable, what kind, you tell us what kind of, of abuse that they put you through and why, or what purpose? Um, there's a lot of abuse that goes on in those groups, as you will know. Um, and my husband used to hit me, and uh, I, I began to, to fight back because I was raised in abuse, and I, just, I was just determined I wasn't going to take it anymore. And the more that I fought him, the harder I got hit. Mm, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, I remember one time we'd had a, an altercation, an, an argument, just verbal argument, and I turned to walk away from him, and he kicked me in the hip. Mm. And he left a bruise about that big. Wow. Um, it really hurts. Wow. <laughs> really hurts. Were there any way that you could, like, go to the police or get domestic violence help? Or was that completely I, I, out of the question? I didn't. I was, I was in that group. And I'm supposed to be submissive. And I wasn't being submissive. And I was told that, that I had to be submissive and that I owed my husband an apology for arguing with him. 
But, you know, he drove me to distraction. He was always hunting other wives, uh, always. Looking for another wife, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he would take my car that was my car. He didn't have a car. In fact, I brought everything into the marriage, furniture, everything. He, he had nothing. And uh, he would take my car and take the keys and go out on dates. And uh, I was just absolutely driven to almost madness. Mm -hmm. It was... And, and it this, was so hurtful. And this polygamy is supposed to be from God. And, and men yeah. can go out and date. Mm -hmm. And yeah. he did. <laughs> and I would call and tell the priesthood leaders, you know, and they didn't ever no, do anything. No, of course not. That's <laughs> what they're supposed to do. Yeah. I've heard this from many women who have left different polygamy groups, not just, not just yours or not mm -hmm. even just the one I came from, but others. And they all have said the same thing. The most demeaning and the most hurtful part was when he started looking for another wife. Mm -hmm. And they look, they're always looking at other women, like you say, going out on dates or... You know, oh, the, my the, husband was always looking at the back end, and I just got so mm. tired of it. And and you know, and I would I worked, and he must have. Sometimes he had maybe 30, 40 jobs in a year. Sometimes mm. fifty-seven, because wow. he was always avoiding child support from mm. his children from his first marriage. marriage. And um, I would was working hard. I was a housekeeping supervisor, and I would come home, and he would command that I put my my paycheck on the floor in front of him and give it to him, and I wouldn't. Well, he was a control, so, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. So then there was trouble again, and if he would give my children, the two boys that were there with me, if he would give them an allowance, then he would turn around and tell them they had to give it back to support the family, mm. and then they were upset, and so we just, it just seems like we had war going on wow. all the time, and well, when, yeah, and when the money and the and the and the polygamy is the focus, of mm -hmm. course, and the control. Now, you said that w that when you came into the group, you hadn't been raised in polygamy. So when you mm -hmm. first came into the group, you could see the reaction, interaction, interpersonal relationship with the other men and women, mm -hmm. and you immediately picked up on the abuse that w some of the women were were receiving, and they didn't recognize it abuse, but you did. You recognized did, it immediately, so you spoke out. The abuse with the children. And with the children, mm -hmm. and, and so you spoke out. What mm -hmm. happened when you spoke out? against it. <laughs> I got into big trouble <laughs> because, you know, and I got so that they wouldn't call on me in church anymore and they wouldn't, uh, they just kind of ostracized me in a way within the group. In fact, one time they come and said if, uh, if I couldn't learn to keep my mouth shut that they were going to excommunicate me. And if I'd known then what I know now, I'd have said, <laughs> hallelujah, <laughs> let's get on with it. Hallelujah, but praise the Lord. Uh, I, let's do it. You know, I just... Um, I just loved Joseph Smith. I I was told there that he was the, the testator mm -hmm. and that he was the Holy Ghost and that he came, the Holy Ghost had to come and get a body. Hmm. And I just put him right up there with hmm. with Jesus. Wow, you know? what blasphemy is that? Mm -hmm. Oh, it oh. is. It's, wow. there's no describing that's, it. That's awful. <laughs> Uh, one time you had a, a particular session. I love this story. You need to tell it to our viewers. Uh, you were so upset because of the abuse and that you were treated, the women are treated as second-class citizens, that you had a session with God one time where you screamed at him. <laughs> Why do you hate women? I did. I, um, <clears throat> I had been told to go to my room so many times like I was a little child and... and um, 
we'd had a particularly bad time, and, and I was reading out of the Journal of, uh, Journal of Discourses. Uh, Jedediah Grant mm -hmm. was giving a talk about women, and it was so degrading. And so often I threw the book against the wall, and I was so upset, and I just stood in the middle of my front room, and I said, I said, God, why do you hate women? What have we done so awful that you hate women? And I was angry with God. And it was the most beautiful thing because this sweet peace came and I was asked, I just heard this inside my head, do you have the book Women of Mormondom, which I had in the bedroom and go get it. So I went and got it. I was actually told what page to turn to. And it was the most beautiful writing about, about Mother Eve. <laughs> and I realized right in that moment that God did love women and that he did, he did honor us as much as he did, mm -hmm. did men, and that mm -hmm. he was no respecter of right. persons. Yeah, the Bible's clear. Mm -hmm. he, there's no favoritism yeah. with God at all. You know, I yeah. find that interesting because Susan Schmidt, and she was also in the DVD, mm -hmm. she said the same thing in her book, um, My Favorite Wife, that she was reading and, and she was going through, she had six kids and she mm -hmm. was married at 15 and, and all that, you know. And she asked God the same thing. Why do you love men more than you love women? Right. Because that's what polygamy tells a woman. That God oh, doesn't does. that God doesn't love you. And God mm -hmm. is the one who commands polygamy. And the women are the ones that are subservient. They're the ones that get all the blame for everything. And they're the ones who lose their rights. It makes you think that God doesn't love women. I never felt like God loved me. I felt like he was a punishing God, mm -hmm. that he was on his uh, spiritual cloud with his spiritual radon gun waiting to zap mm -hmm. me out of existence. Basically, And yeah. you know, I must have been baptized in that branch probably 20 times because every time if I would argue with my husband, they'd say I had to be rebaptized oh my to, goodness. to have remission of sins. And oh. <laughs> we went out to a little pond one time in the winter time and I was just going, <gasps> All the way into the oh, water my because word. I was I was just could hardly breathe. It was so cold. But they insisted that I had to be baptized again because I had argued with my husband. Hmm. Uh, it's a form of punishment, isn't it? Uh -huh. it? Certainly is. You said that your husband had a saying. Uh, he used to say, mm. "A woman's extremities are a man's opportunities. <laughs> yeah. When she does all she can for herself, then he can step in and help her." Yeah, Explain what the day. <laughs> <laughs> Explain what he meant and what in the world is wrong with that attitude. <laughs> well, that's that's what he used to said. Well, we were responsible to kind of support ourselves, to take care of ourselves, and I always worked. My little kids went and worked with me at uh, at Holiday Inn, you know, uh, cleaning rooms and things. We worked and we had to take care of ourselves. And when we when things got so extreme that then he could step in and save the day. Wow. Mm -hmm. So he gets the crown of saving the day, but mm -hmm. you have to go through all the pain of coming mm -hmm. to that point. That, but, but they don't have any concept of, of God's idea of marriage where the man is the protector and the man is the, oh, is, is the one who takes the lead. And, and yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. We had one fellow, uh, my mom ran a nursing home for many years. She had a little polygamous lady that had uh, like six or eight children and she lived in just abject poverty and she came and worked for my mom and I remember because I was much younger then and uh, wasn't even thinking polygamy but he her husband would come right on payday and take all her money just leave her 
a few dollars to try and raise those kids and mm -hmm. she just she was in rags her children were in rags and he would take her money and kiss her on the cheek and off off he would go and you know it, mm. they're awful yeah, the they way are. that they yeah. treat women and you know God has an answer to that in Timothy he said if a man doesn't take care of his own family he is worse than an unbeliever yeah he the, what men mm -hmm. are supposed to they are commanded by God to take care of their own they are and when they when don't children. It's, it's sad so in, in your polygamy group which church did they teach was the only true church their church, the, their the, church. Right, the righteous branch of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Christ Church. That is that, the name mm -hmm. of the polygamy group you were mm -hmm. in. And where is it located? It's in Modena. Well, it, it, they still have the ranch in Modena and the Pyramid Temple, but they have now moved to Tonopah, Nevada. Okay. That's where their, the, their prophet is. Uh-huh. Okay. And so they had their own living prophet? Mm -hmm. And he was the only true prophet? He was because because God and Jesus Christ, Peter, James, and John, came to him and gave him the keys. Wow. After ruling all rivers. There was sure is murdered. a lot of sets of keys around, oh, isn't there? <laughs> Every polygamy group and the mother the church thing. all have their keys <laughs> and their do. prophets and they're, yeah. they're all the only true church. I know. And so they yes. all can't be right. No, they can't. But they can all be wrong. <laughs> they can, and they are. They can all be wrong. <laughs> when did you first begin to doubt that Joseph Smith was a true prophet? I don't. I don't know exactly when that dawned on me. I, more than against Joseph Smith, I first began by, by being against the things I was seeing, and I don't know exactly when that realization came to me. I just knew that I couldn't serve anymore and that I, I knew I came to belief I didn't believe that he was the testator or that he was equal with God and mm -hmm. um, I just, I don't know exactly, can't There wasn't one particular that. thing that made it, that did it for you, that, that confirmed it for you that he wasn't. No, not that I can think just, of right off. I yeah. just, just all came together. Mm -hmm. you know, it all just all, the all came together. I just figured if it wasn't any of that that I was suffering was true, then he couldn't be a true prophet. Well, he couldn't be if he said God commanded yeah. polygamy, and, and right. we know that that isn't God's will at all. Mm -hmm. uh, we are at a point where we need to take our, our uh, mid-show break. The DVD, Lifting the Veil of Polygamy, was the launching tool for our Shield and Refuge Ministry to polygamists, uh, and we do help people get out of polygamy. We want them to know that God does not require the abusive lifestyle, like Kathy's sharing with us, that God is good news, He is not bad news, that Jesus saves us, not polygamy, and that turning to our Creator is the very best thing that can ever happen to anyone. And those who live polygamy, they'll often reject God, anything religious, uh, because they've been to and they've had it up to here with Joseph Smith's polygamy and so they don't want to know anything about uh, religion after that. But we want you to know that God's grace and His eternal life is a free gift through faith in Jesus Christ and the help that we give those who escape polygamy is also a free gift. 
Uh, if you're a polygamous situation and you need help or you have, uh, you're in a, a situation where you need immediate help, give us a call or just call us and talk to us about what we can do to help your situation. All calls are confidential and they are unconditional. We're ready to open up our telephones now. And for those who would like to call in and say something to Kathy or say something about our show or uh, about our ministry or whatever, you have questions, uh, give us a call. Our telephone number is 801 973 3-8820-973-TV20. And while we're waiting for the phone calls to come in, we want to share with you Kathleen Hansen's interview portion from Lifting the Veil of Polygamy. The highest principle of the gospel is plural celestial marriage. That's what we were taught. I could become a goddess if I did everything just right. And I loved Joseph Smith with all my heart because that's what you're told a lot, you know. it's. It's all about him. I had to, to do everything that Joseph Smith said I had to do, plural marriage, all of it, or I couldn't be with God, and my greatest fear is that I wouldn't be with God. So I just felt like that that's what I had to do. And then when I married, that's what he wanted. And so that began our search into finding a polygamous group to belong to. I was excommunicated in the Mormon church. There's my family all weeping and oozing and they're just thinking, oh, mom's lost. And my mom was just, my daughter's lost. Well, Joseph Smith and Brigham Young, John Taylor, Heber C. Kimber, Wilford Woodruff, none of those men could be in the church today. That was the big uh, selling point to get you into fundamentalism. That was the main selling point to get you in. When we, they first told me, because we were converted in Salt Lake, and then the, they said, come down to the city of God. They said, it's a beautiful city of God. So we went down there. We hadn't been in too long. Oh, my heart. <laughs> it's just, I said, the only celestial kingdom here is for the rats. It was so bad. Trailers just flung in there any old way mud and dirt and no grass and I stood in the streets and I said Father in heaven this is the city of God? Is it fear that holds women in polygamous marriages? For fear of being destroyed like Joseph Smith said to Emma? For me it was. For me it was because I had to strive to be an elect lady and that was the only way I was getting there, was to be submissive to my husband. And um, if I wasn't, and I didn't give him the wives that he wanted, I would be destroyed. And would be damned. That's absolutely taught in the fundamentalist groups, absolutely. Behind the scenes, it's not Happyville. And there's horrible trouble between the sister wives. It is not a pleasant way to live. It's horrible. There's so much gaming that goes on between the, between the women. And then they wanted to give my husband an 18-year-old girl. And I said, well, if you take her for a wife, she's not living here. And I won't, I won't be a party to it. Well, then, you know, there's always the whippings and the beatings that go on. And it was... Uh, it went from bad to worse, and that's when I decided I was out of there. That's when I left, but um, I just couldn't take it anymore. 
my children were pushing at me to get back in the Mormon church. So being the pleaser that I've been through my life, I went back to the Mormon church, but when I went to get rebaptized back into the Mormon church, I felt absolutely icky about it. I didn't feel right in doing it, but I did it to please my kids. And that became a living hell also for me. And so I just started to plead with God, teach me the truth, that the truth might set me free because I can't take this anymore. And I told Father in Heaven, I said, you take me home, if you will, please, because I can't stand this anymore, or get me out of it, or show me the truth, because I can't live this way anymore. Not there, not here. And I said, Father, somewhere there's got to be some truth. Somewhere i got to find it. I told the Lord, I said, Father in Heaven, I'll crawl back to the branch on my hands and knees if that's what you want. To, if that's where you're at, and that's what you want, I'll go. Or I'll stay in the Mormon church if that's what you want. I will do anything you want me to do. I just want to be where the truth is and serve you with all of my heart, my mind, and strength. Just take me there, please. I've begged him, and it's just opening up, you know, inch by inch. And it's still very hard for me because I'm fresh in it, and I told God, I will do whatever you want. You can have everything. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just don't let go of me because I love him. And that's why I'm here because it feels so right to me at this point in my life. And I just told him, I said, I can't stand this confusion anymore. It's got to be cleared up for me. I can't live in it anymore. Take me home if I have to because it's driving me crazy. I'm going to end up in the loony bin trying to find you, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I began to study in the Bible and I began to see where God said I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Just knowing that I don't have to perform that I'm saved by grace because no matter what I can do, I could have never got there anyway. Not in anything I could do. I couldn't have been good enough. And that's, that's the joke of it all that, that in the Mormon church they're living by. They're never going to be good enough and they're working their tail ends off, bless their hearts, and they're, that's not how they're going to get there. Christ already did it. I'm starting to see that I can have a personal relationship with Christ. He's awesome. <laughs> and He loves me. And I love Him. Welcome back to our show. This is Polygamy, What Love Is This? I'm your host, Doris Hansen, and our special guest, Kathleen Hansen, of whom you just watched several minutes of her part uh, of the interview in Lifting the Veil of Polygamy, and you can access that DVD online 
or you can also call and leave your number and we would be happy to send you a copy of that DVD. Also to commemorate our 300th show, we have been given uh, the book Unveiling Grace. It's a book written by Lynn Wilder and uh, she, it's autographed by Lynn. Her, she's autographed it here and it will be given away free to someone who calls in and congratulates us for 300 shows and asks for the book. We've only got one, so give us a call, 801-973-8820, uh, and we will send this book to you. And we want to thank Lynn and Michael Wilder for uh, their support and their graciousness uh, as we have worked with their ministry and they with us. Kathleen Hansen, of course, is our special guest tonight as we've been discussing her life inside and outside of polygamy <laughs> and how God has brought you so far from <laughs> what has. we watched on that d DVD. Uh, however, before we continue with the telephone calls and with talking with Kathleen, there are a couple of things that I really do need to mention that are kind of off topic, but they're certainly relevant to our show's purpose. There were two events that recently took place in a local polygamy group and to my knowledge there has been no public announcement, no news media coverage about either of these events. The first one is a suicide of a 14 year old girl who hung herself and just completely devastated the family. And another one is a 17 year old boy was assaulted, he's been bullied and assaulted uh, by sons of one of the leaders on command of their father to do this to that boy. Now no legal charges have been filed, no re police report has been and made public just more hidden, illegal, abusive, exploitive actions against those who cannot defend themselves with the blind eye of our leadership, our, our, uh, the society that's supposed to be protecting us is turned away and uh, from the reality of all this hopelessness that the young people face in many of the polygamous uh, groups. There are rumors again also of another possible suicide pact being made by some of the young people and teenagers teenagers because they want something done about the abuses going on and they want justice meted out to their abusers. Again we ask how many more lives will be ruined before our officials do something about the victims. Uh, Kathy, you were in a very abusive situation. Mm -hmm. Do you have something to give hope? Can you say something to these youngsters that would give them hope, something, advice maybe you could say to them? I, I would just tell them to, to study, to think outside of that uh, polygamous box, or even the Mormon box. We have so many, even just in Mormonism, of our young people who are, who are suffering. Mm -hmm. and, and get outside of that and, and real, get into your Bible and realize that God loves you. God does love you. And that He will help you. And be very, very prayerful. Prayer, prayerful. Prayerful because he will help you. He will lead you out. He did it for me, yeah, and I know that me. he'll do it yeah. for others. And God is not the author of this kind of treatment. No. God's not the author of the doctrine of polygamy. He's not the author of the doctrine mm -hmm. of the polygamous united order. God has nothing to do with that kind of treatment at all not because at all. he does love you. Okay, um, there, we want to talk a little bit about your reaction to some doctrinal discrepancy uh, <laughs> of, of Mormonism versus Christianity, biblically, mm -hmm. biblical Christianity. And the first one is, how did you react when you first discovered that Jesus is not our elder brother? He's not, and we're not, the devil's brother, but he is our God and our creator. When you first discovered that, what did that do to you? Well, 
when I believed that he was, I, I made him equal with me. But I, I, I come to realize Jesus is, is my, uh, he's my God, my creator. And he, um, he became so magnificent, so, so wonderful yeah. and so far above me. And I realized what a, what a wretch I am. You know, and you, I was very prideful, and I didn't know I was prideful, but I was prideful when I was thinking that I could be equal with him. I mean, it's like when he's your brother, um, I'm equal with my brothers on yeah. this earth, and mm -hmm. in my finite mind, you know, I kind of thought I was a bit of all right. And that's, yeah. <laughs> but and that's what they've done. They've, uh -huh. brought, they've brought the mm -hmm. devil up to be equal with Jesus and Jesus to be equal with us. Yes. And that's all. Yeah, so I blasphemous. didn't even think the devil was that bad because he was my brother too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, it couldn't be further from the truth. It couldn't be absolutely true. Okay, we do have some calls here, so let's take them. First of all, we have on line two, Rebecca from Payson. Hello, Rebecca. Rebecca? Uh, Rebecca? You have Kevin. Hello? Hello? Yes. Yeah, this is Kevin from West Jordan. Oh, well, it looks like the phone lines were <laughs> twisted around a little bit. So, Hello, Kevin. You know, yeah, it's like I'm here with Rebecca on the phone. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's yeah, not your um, name. <laughs> I just wanted to call and just just uh, say that uh, Kathleen Hansen's uh, testimony that was shown on the break is, was so overpowering. And then I just wanted to just say that, you know, if, if we would all just be so honest and open with God, how much that she was in that, yes, how much Lord. better our relationship would be, you know, I would just encourage people, just be honest, open, open and honest like that, like she was yeah. with God, with all of our situations. If people would just do that, regardless of what their faith is, whether they're, they're Christians or they're Mormons or whatever it might be, you know, God will answer a prayer like that yeah. all the time, yes, he and, and He will give you, you know, it, it, you know, we should be that open and honest, and it was so neat to hear that. Yes, I agree with you, Kevin. It's a very moving interview, uh, and yeah. uh, it moved a lot of people, and that's true. And God knows everything anyway, so why not be honest yeah. with yeah, Him? Yeah, why not be open and honest? <laughs> he knows it all anyhow. Yeah, that's it's right. I feel. That's right. Well, yeah. thank you, Kevin. Appreciate your call. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh-huh, goodbye. Sweetheart. Yeah, bye. <laughs> okay, so I think then we'll try line one and see if this is Rebecca. Hello, uh, is this Rebecca from Payson? Yes. Okay, yes. you're on the air. Yeah, you're on the air, Rebecca. Um, congratulations on your 300th show. Thank I'm you. watching you. Thank you very much. Praise God. Thank, thank <laughs> you for the book. Oh, so you're calling for the book. Yes. So Rebecca from you, you are for the book. Yes. So Rebecca on the X Mormon file and her husband, and and I'm looking forward to reading this book. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. Leave your your address, your mailing address, with the operator, and we'll mail this book to you. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rebecca, for calling. Congratulations. Oh, he gave the book away fast. Awesome. Okay, <laughs> on line three there, we have Anne calling from Magna. Hello, Anne. Yes. You're on the air. Yeah, I was calling about your book, but you gave it away. <laughs> but I just want to tell you, I've been enjoying your show so much since I started. Okay, this is this Rebecca? Hello, you got the wrong line there. Okay, Anne, go ahead. I, did, I was calling about the book, but that's fine. Uh, I enjoy your show. Congratulations. 
Thank I you. I haven't been with you long, but you don't even know what you've done for me. And oh. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Anne. And you know what, Anne? Um, we will send you a DVD, The Home for Hagar. Have you seen that one yet? No. We'll send you that instead of the book. How's that? That'd be fine. Would leave your congratulations beautiful. and everything. Okay, and 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 Anne, I thank you for that. And and le let the operator come back on the line and leave your address so that we'll know where to mail it to you. All right, thank you very much. Okay, thanks for calling. Bye. Okay, well, Sweet I hope people. we didn't get to. Yeah. <laughs> That's very nice. Got that book given away pretty fast. Okay, while you were in Mormonism. What did the cross mean to you oh. while you were in it, and what does it mean to you now? Well, I always believed that, that Jesus paid the price in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's what so, they teach. Mm -hmm. So I knew that the cross was painful, but I thought it was, was really blasphemous to wear the, this cross. Oh, look at that. <laughs> and uh, since I've become Christian, it means... Well, I just even hold it just because it just reminds me that that Jesus' blood shed on the cross for me saved me, it's and that that's where he paid the that's it? where he paid the price. Yeah, that's where was he on the cross yeah. and shed his blood for me. And now the garden had I nothing to it. do with redemption. No, nothing at all. No, <coughs> I'm sure that he that that he did pray there. But it, but it wasn't redeeming our sins. No, that, in no, the that was at all. on the on the cross. Can you even imagine the agony mm -hmm. that he must no, have can't. been in? And we can't even imagine it. We can't. can't fathom it. And how wonderful and precious that that he has been to do that for us. So w was the 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 attitude towards the cross the same in the polygamy group as it was in the mainstream church? Yes. Oh yeah. There was no difference. It's, no, there wasn't any difference in my experience either. In fact, my yeah. mother always told me the cross was, why would you wear a, a sign of agony around your neck? Why, why yeah. do people? I didn't then, of course, but yeah. as soon as I became a Christian, I went out and buy, bought a cross. Me too. That's I the have story of them already. <laughs> the story of my yeah. redemption. Okay, we have line two, Annette calling from Grantsville. Hello, Annette, you're on the air. Hello, Doris, how are you doing? Wonderful, thank you. <laughs> Congratulations on your show. I'm so proud of you. Thank you very much. You've accomplished so that. much and, and led a lot of us out of the mainstream Mormon church so that we have a clear vision of our Savior and hope Thanks for so a better life. Wonderful. Glad to hear that. So grateful to hear that. It's what it's all about. It sure is. You have a good night. We sure do love you. Thank you. And Thank I you, hope Annette. We have 300 more wonderful jobs. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's what God wants, that's what we'll do. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Annette. Have a good night. You too. Good night. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Well, that was sweet. Thank you, Annette. That was nice uh, to hear about that. You know, I read uh, um, a comment from a man about polygamy. And it might surprise you what he says, and I kind of want to get your reaction to it, and, and maybe even our viewers' reactions. And this is what he said about polygamy and a culture's responsibility to eradicate it. He said, I can imagine a lot of people digging in their heels and claiming polygamy to be a man's birthright. I ask you, how many well-adjusted polygamous families do you personally know of? 
That's wow. a good question. It is. <laughs> now, now, often we've heard polygamy and monogamy compared. Well, there's abuse in monogamy. There's abuse in polygamy. There's, you know, there's disruptive children in both, and and they're trying to equalize both. You but can't. <laughs> but there are many many millions of well-adjusted monogamous marriages. Yes, there are. How many well-adjusted polygamy families do you know of? I don't know. I of don't know any. <laughs> I don't. I've I never don't seen any. one. I've never met no. one. Have you got? I don't know any? of any. Mm -mm. How many well-adjusted? I can't even. I can't even think of any in the branch. Uh, and we were up at Colorado City several times and. I didn't see it up there either. There was I just I've just seen a lot of pain and suffering. Pain and suffering, and you know we even mm -hmm. have seen my five wives and sister wives and the mm -hmm. Darger family wrote a book and all this yeah. about their polygamous family, and they talk about all of their problems that they faced at proving they weren't well adjusted. I know that they had all these inner the things that they had mm -hmm. trouble with. They wouldn't have if they weren't polygamous. And their jealousies mm -hmm. and and their pain in that mm -hmm. and. You know, the men just really don't get to be good fathers. They, they, they miss out, too. You know, they do. They miss they out do. On, on what it is to, to have mm -hmm. one wife and love only one wife and have only the one family to be concerned about and give his all just to that exclusive yeah. family. I, I think that it's, it's hard on the men, too. I knew that there were some men in the branch, very few of them, but there were a couple, I can think of two, that really, really thought they were doing what they needed to do and were trying to be righteous men, and they were as duped as the women. Mm -hmm. And I and think then that's there was, true. Yeah, there were others groups. that were in there for totally different reasons, but mm -hmm. I can think of two in the branch that were, were really awesome men that yeah. were just really trying to do what was and right. Really trying and hard. I don't think they're there anymore, as I recall. And, and there, are, there are a lot of people in polygamy groups who are great people. That, mm -hmm. And they're like you say, they're just trying to find God and they're trying they to, to live God's will, but just they like don't I know was. His will. Mm -hmm. So don't. your advice to study the Bible and find out the truth for themselves oh, is right yeah. on. It's exactly mm -hmm. what you should do. Okay, we have a call uh, from Tina uh, in Brigham City. Hello, Tina. Hi. Hi, you're on the air. Um, well, thank you very much. Um, the reason why I'm calling is, number one, congratulations um, you. on your 300th episode. Thank you. And um, blessings for um, Kathleen there. Her story was just magnificent. It is. Thank uh, you. That uh, she was able to get out of that and, and still be so strong. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, the reason why I'm calling is, um, in her story, she said something about uh, um, believing that the polygamous group believe Joseph Smith was the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, is that just her group, or is that other polygamy groups, or is that something that is taught? You know, that's something that we were taught, but I don't know if it's in other polygamous groups. We weren't groups. taught that. I'm from the Kingston group, and mm -hmm. we were not taught that. However, Jim Harmston's group uh, was taught that he was the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So and each, he was the witness and testator. Yeah. yeah. So so each group teaches their own version mm -hmm. of um, of all this nonsense. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much, and, and uh, once again, congratulations, ladies. Thank you, thank Tina, you. for calling. <laughs> Good Bye -bye. night. Yeah, you'll get a different story everywhere you, you go. You, you do, and it's interesting yeah. to read how each polygamy group deals with with all of these, mm -hmm. and the mainline church because they also have strange oh, yeah. ways of of looking at some of these things, certainly not biblical. Uh, now, your husband wanted to go into polygamy, 
and uh, d and and you've talked about that. Did it shock you when he wanted to go in, or did it feel comfortable because polygamy was in the historical of Mormon anyway? Well, he was. Uh his great-great-great-grandfather was Parley P. Pratt, and so he really had a belief in polygamy. And he, from the moment I met him, he started to teach me about that. And, uh, and I just fell head over heels in love with him. I really did. And I, You didn't know he was an abuser? Or? No, no. And I didn't want to, to lose him. And, and I had a belief that it was probably true, too, because, like I said, I just... I, I adored Joseph Smith. Mm -hmm. I just thought he was wonderful, and I put him right up there next to the Savior, you so, know. Mm -hmm. So um, so did you think you were following him more closely by joining the polygamy group? Absolutely. Is that what you thought? Mm -hmm. Well, I thought I had to do everything that Joseph Smith said we had to do. Yeah, and, that, and that's the basis for my question, because Joseph Smith said the polygamy mm -hmm. was required. It's yes. not been rescinded from Doctrine and Covenants 132. No, it's, it's still, still there. there. And that is the polygamy revelation. Some people say, no, it's not, but it is. And if it's it not, is. which one is? And, and, and that's what he said. We had to live polygamy mm -hmm. or we would be damned. Yes, well, and yes, and you can't, be, uh, you can't become a god and a goddess if you don't live it. Right. And Emma would so, be destroyed if she uh -huh, didn't absolutely. agree. Absolutely. So it's absolutely. all there. It is all there. Right. I don't, I don't know how in the mainstream Mormon church that they can say that they don't believe in polygamy anymore. I, I don't get they it. They finally admitted that they do believe in it. They just don't practice it right now. Well, they think it's going to be lived in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> and it might live here, too, if, yeah. if things go <laughs> Who knows? certain ways. Yeah. Um, so he wanted to marry an 18-year-old girl after you had been in mm -hmm. the polygamy group. How old was he at that time? 54. More than twice her age, mm -hmm. much more than twice her age. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, I ref and I refused. I, I, called, um, I called the first counselor to their, to their prophet, and I told him, I said, I, because I was the Sarah. Mm -hmm. The Sarah means I, I lived the law of Sarah, and I was told through a blessing I was his Sarah. Mm -hmm. And I was told that I could refuse a wife if I didn't want to take her. Right. I had to give the wife, so I called this first counselor and said, I'm, I'm not going to accept her. Mm -hmm. Because I said, she's so young. And he said, well, sister, mm -hmm, uh, we're just being courteous with you. Actually, we can do what we want. Actually, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. and, that, and you know, it says that in Section 132. If the woman doesn't give her consent, then she's condemned. Mm -hmm. And he can go ahead and do the marrying anyway. Mm -hmm. so well, that's what they said. We're just being sword. courteous yeah. with you. Exactly right. And I was so shocked. And I said, well, you have him wrapped around your little finger. And he says, yes, <coughs> we do. And I said, and we're keeping <coughs> him, and I said, and you can have him. <laughs> so, can have him. And I left at that point. And I'm glad you had the courage <laughs> to do that, Kathleen. We're, get, we're winding down now to the end of the show. Thank okay. you so much for joining us. And Thank you for letting you, me be You here. have an open invitation to come back and be our oh. guest at <laughs> well, any time. You. We'd love to have you, and <clears throat> I'm sure there's a lot more to talk about, too, if you wanted there's to do lot. that. There's a lot. There is. There's so much. There's yeah. so much, and so that's why there's so many books written about it. You know, watch next week's show. We have a very good show coming on with our guest, Alan right <coughs> my closing <coughs> comments almost every religion 
has what they call their gospel. It usually consists of lists of ordinances and rituals and religious law. And they try to bring about behavior modification designed to make bad people good and good people better. But God's way is not how to make bad people good, but to bring spiritually dead people alive in Christ. It's not about what we believe, but who we believe. God's purpose is not that we become sinless, but that we that we give up on our religious works and trust Jesus alone to make us worthy, which is what he does. Trusting religious works to save or to help save us is telling that Jesus that his death on the cross means very little, that you trust your own good works more than you trust his. Practicing polygamy, uh, church membership, following a religious leader, trusting someone or something to make us worthy, they are all in the category of dead works. No one will ever get into heaven by keeping a religious law, but it's the commandments we don't keep that will condemn us. And that means that we are all under God's condemnation because no one can keep all of God's law all the time. And that's exactly what God requires. And that is why we need His grace. There's only one way out of God's condemnation. One way. Only one way. There's only one Savior. There's one salvation. One gospel. One heaven. One God. One faith one baptism. And polygamy or celestial marriage or Joseph Smith is not the answer. Jesus is the only answer to this dilemma. And Jesus will not share our works with his work to save us. It's Jesus plus nothing, Jesus plus no one. Thank you for watching our 300 show. Good night. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of the Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.